the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon, and welcome to the Friday edition of The Ride Home. I've got some news, and um, for a while today I was struggling uh, whether or not to even share this with you, but it it is public knowledge because Kathy has posted this on Facebook uh, along with photos and uh, remembrances. But uh, I want to let you know that my my lovely and esteemed co-host, Kathy Emmons, she lost her mother yesterday. Her mother, Nancy Bletchars passed away at the age of 86, quite suddenly. So suddenly, in fact, it took us all by surprise here at the station and, of course, uh, has made uh, an irreparable uh, forever hole in uh, Kathy's heart and those of Kathy's families. This is the the second friend of mine who had lost their mother in the past week, and so I, I sit here and I've been thinking about writing something. And the inadequacy of the words that that fail me when you try to talk to someone or express your sympathy to someone as their mother's passed away is just beyond me. Nothing does it justice. I'm so sorry that you lost your mother. Sounds like you, you might have left her at the mall or perhaps in another pair of pants pockets. It doesn't even begin to convey what I understand about losing your mother. Of course, if you've lost your mother or someone deeply close to you, your spouse, that never goes away. We've not lost our mothers. We say that to be polite. But in truth, we have become unmothered like Marie Antoinette was unheaded, or that wilderness hiker who sawed his arm off was unhanded. It feels violent to lose your mother, to say that. It feels raw and fundamental, a pain that reaches all the way down to your ligaments and bones. Because for all of us, most of us, our mothers were our first firmament, literally our first homes the universe from whom substance we were formed. And while this is a pain that all creatures who are born must face, it does not make saying goodbye to your mother any easier to do. So to Kath, to my other friends, to you if you've lost your mother, I would say brace yourself. Because grief on this scale is like a physical object in some way that the body must expel. A friend of my brother's fought in Vietnam, and he, his friend stepped on a landmine, and there was shrapnel that my brother's friend absorbed into his body. And so occasionally, pieces of shrapnel 
would begin to work their way up out through his flesh over the decades. And you know, grief is like that. Grief is inside us, and it has to come out. And there are no shortcuts, is there? So as we grieve, we have to be prepared for sudden explosions of feelings that overtake us at inappropriate times. When my own mother died, and it's been a long time, this January will be 16 years. When my own mother died, I became obsessed in some ways with mourning customs, how people used to mourn, especially Victorian England. Now, I didn't walk around with a top hat and armband, but I would check the calendar periodically to see at what point it was appropriate to exchange the black crepe that was hanging on the door, at what date the black ribbon should be taken from the houses, how long as a male member of the family would be appropriate to wear that black armband, a signal to the world that says, be kind to me. I'm in pain. And nowadays, we don't have any of these outward displays of what it is to mourn. We take a few days off work, and then we're back in the game, ready or not. Please, no crying in the break room, like uh, Joan Holloway said on Mad Men. There's a place to do that, like in your apartment. We're left to wander back into the world when grief still envelops us, where everything looks the same. But for us, every moment and every breath feels weighted down by this suffocating cloud of sadness. What are you supposed to do with grief, especially on a cold, dreary Friday afternoon? She'll always be with you, say the well-meaning. Well, that's the case. And even though, as believers in Jesus Christ, the hope, the belief is that our mothers, as they themselves at their own knees taught us about the grace and the eternity, the power of Christ in our lives— Our hearts still ache. Our hearts still break. I often think that there's really nothing good that comes out of the death of somebody you love. But I've learned this. That the magnitude and the bottomlessness bottomlessness of pain that you feel is a testament to the love that you've shared, like a scale in some way. While I don't ever expect to arrive at a point in life where I feel all right with the fact that my mother's gone or that your mother has passed away or Kathy's mother's passed away, Nanny's gone. I think for all of us who feel that grief, you feel blessed to have loved and been loved that much by anyone. So it's small consolation against this howling wind, the dreariness of this Friday afternoon. It's blowing through my friend, Kathy Emmons' life right now. The pain that you're feeling is in direct proportion to how much you're loved. So be gentle. Be kind in the harshness of this world. And you know the harshness that I speak of. It is a brutal, hard world. And our mothers, for most of us who are fortunate, provided that cover, that balm, that peace, that connection that is forever, no matter if you're six or 96, mother is always home. So today, I think about Nancy, Nanny. They called her Nanny Poo. 
Nancy Bletchars, who passed away quite suddenly yesterday at the age of 86. So I imagine Kath, without wearing a black armband, will be gone for a while in her mourning in that process. So you and I, if you choose to be here with me, we'll soldier on and we'll talk of the world and God and life and our eternal hope in the salvation that one day, when it's our turn to pass, that we too will be with him in union in heaven forever. We'll take a break and come back. When we do come back, we're going to talk about what happened in that Texas church this past Sunday when mourners were gunned down. What about guns in church? How do we process that in our lives? Stay tuned with that. 101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. Happy New Year! Where a new year means lots of new music. New, new, new music. New music from Micah Tyler. Amen. Give me sing like. One day, new from Cochran and Company. One day, the color of our skin won't cause a divide. And Taryn Wells with Like You Love Me. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers on 101.5 WORD. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. It's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, 412-257-1006, extremetruck.net. With Salem Surround, I can really tie it back to I'm helping people. As a digital marketing strategist with Salem Surround, you'll have the tools to provide media solutions that surround your client's target audience. This is a very rewarding career. Whenever you can show actual proof and say, hey, look, this is what we were able to do for you this month, to be able to show that, you realize that I'm helping people and I'm making a difference. Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, an equal opportunity employer. Join the Pittsburgh team at Salem surround.com slash careers music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual 
My name is Harvey Lauer, and I'm 82. As a blind person, you have to be aware that nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. You really have to try things. My folks got me a little radio in 1940, and that was the best Christmas present I ever got. When I was 11 years old is when I started to uh, play music, play the piano, and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. The market goes up. And the market goes down. But one thing remains the same. Record low unemployment means there are still more job openings than people to fill them. And that means you have leverage. They're vying for your attention at WordFM's virtual job fair. Visit wordfm.com slash virtual for great local companies ready to offer you an employment upgrade. Isn't it time you got a raise? The virtual job fair, where many are called, but you are chosen at wordfm.com slash virtual. This past Sunday, a gunman opened fire during the Lord's Supper at a Church of Christ congregation in, in Texas, killing two worshipers. At least one armed member returned fire and killed the shooter at the West Freeway Church of Christ in the Fort Worth suburb of White Settlement. Today, evil walked boldly among us, said Tarrant County Sheriff Bill E. Wayborn at an afternoon news briefing. But let, re- let me remind you, Good people raised up and stopped it before it got worse. I'm reading an article uh, from Bobby Ross Jr., who is the editor-in-chief of the Christian Chronicle. Bobby's going to join us in a few minutes. But I'm sure you've heard this story, thought about this story, talked about this story to your friends. And I wonder what, what Sunday worship is like for you. As you sit in the pew on Sunday morning, Do you look around? Do you yourself carry, concealed carry? Do you yourself wonder when that gunman is about to walk into your church and about to sweep carnage into the people around you who love Jesus? Bobby Ross Jr. is with us. He is the editor-in-chief of the Christian Chronicle. He has written extensively about what happened this past Sunday at West Freeway Church of Christ. Bobby, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. My pleasure, Bobby. So, Bobby, uh, talk to us about this. Uh, You know the pastor. uh, Your father was friends with the pastor. Tell our audience who doesn't know this story the events that took place. Sure. They were having their regular Sunday morning worship service, and I think about 10.50 a.m. Central Time, a man who had come into the service with with a fake wig, I think a fake beard, a kind of a long kind of coat. I'm, I'm speaking from memory and not from my notes, but he came in and sat down and kind of drew the attention of some of the people there because they have a pretty extensive security team. I think they had him even at one point kind of isolated on a security camera, but also trying to be a, a loving church and and not a church where you come in and you get searched if you look like you're not, you know, if you look look like you might be homeless or a sure. needy person, they don't want to run you off from church. So right, I like right. get drawn their attention, but 
they had not done anything until the point that he he, he stood up, kind of went back and leaned over and said something to a, to a man who who was one of the ones about to pass out the, the, the grape juice, the fruit of the, the vine during the communion. He backed up, and then I think at that point, uh, one of the security team told him to drop it, saw the gun coming out. I don't know exactly what happens, and he, he shoots the security guy. He shoots the other, the deacon who had been helping with communion, and then another member of the security team, uh, actually the leader of the team named Jack Wilson, shoots him immediately. You know, this all takes six seconds. Two church members are fatally wounded, and the and the gunman is killed in, in an auditorium full of a, about 240, 250 people just trying to worship on a Sunday morning. Now, the video uh, from the church uh, system is up online. You can see the video. I mean, it's just open for public consumption. And like you said, six seconds, you see the carnage take place. The, the shocking right. thing for me, Bobby, is that uh, the man who was the murderer here uh, was known to the church, and he was helped by the church. He was given food uh, by the church on uh, regular occasions. Apparently, uh, the man had asked for money, but the church had refused to do that, so the man would get mad. But he kept on coming back, and he would depend upon the church in some ways for sustenance. Right. The minister told me he had been there several times, and, and, and like you said, did get mad when they— wouldn't give him money. And I guess, you know, the minister, he, he was not recognized that Sunday morning because he did have on the disguise. And, and the minister, Brett Farmer, he told me, you know, I re- you know when I saw his picture, I guess on the news or whatever, he, he recognized him as the man that he that had helped and he'd had that situation with. Talk to us about uh, the pastor, Britt Farmer. This is someone that you interviewed. Now, whenever things like this happen, of course, all the major media outlets, they descend upon uh, the people at the church and especially the pastor. He had an opportunity, I think, to speak to 150 media outlets, but he declined it. Uh, he needed to find some solace, but he, he did confide in you, did he not? Yeah, that is true. He, It's one of those things where this big major news story and suddenly every news organization in America and even around the world is trying to, to get the scoop and talk to somebody. So he he had a lot of calls, and, and what he told me was, I, I, I don't want to talk to CNN. I don't want to talk to Good Morning America. I want to, I want to talk to you because, you know, he he's known my family. You know, I probably haven't talked to him or seen him in years, but he, he knows my family. He knows that I understand his faith and where he's coming from, and I just I think he trusted me and you know, so he said, you know, I want to tell my story and let people know what happened, but I want to talk to you, and then I'm going to just make a general statement to the media and not take a lot of questions and not, I guess, not get into it with the, the general media. Yes. So th- there's the pastor, Pastor Britt Farmer, and he's standing in front of the congregation. As you said, communion is being served, uh, the the wine in the, in the host and all of a sudden, in six seconds, there is carnage. There's mass murder. There's blood. There's confusion. There's just a scene of horror. I can't imagine what the pastor and the congregants must face as they try to rebuild some semblance of whatever normalcy there is. But the good news is, on Monday, they were able to reassemble, and they had a service of some sorts, didn't they? 
They sure did, and that that speaks to the power of of, of Christian faith. I, I would say. I mean, you, you're talking about a church that about 30 hours after they've experienced something that nobody can even imagine, and 30 hours later they're back singing "Amazing Grace" and praying and and talking about how they're going to love God and and even praying for the soul of the man that that wronged them. I mean, it's 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 pretty amazing and probably something that it would take a person of faith to fully understand. <laughs> you got that right. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I'm reading different articles from the New York Times, USA Today, and everybody was kind of, you know, a little surprised that members would gather uh, on a Monday after such murder had taken place on a Sunday. Uh, talk to us about, you know, w- Another thing that was covered deeply in mainstream media were the number of people in the congregation. I think I, I read at least seven people uh, had pulled guns uh, out whenever this carnage was about to take place. I think I read somewhere else uh, that because, it, of course, it was you know during the holidays, a lot of families were away. But generally, 25 or 30 people would be counted on to have concealed carry in the service. What, what are your insights there? Yeah, you're, that's exactly what the the leaders told me was that on a given given Sunday, maybe twenty five to thirty people would in the church would be carrying concealed weapons, which which is now legal in Texas for people to do that at at churches. Even you know, even the minister Brett Farmer, you know, says he carries all the time except when he's preaching. So so in this case, he was on the second row, and when he he hit the ground. The woman behind him was a member of the security team, but her, I guess her older mother happened to be there, so she was taking care of her mother. So she leaned, I guess, leaned over to Brent, Brent and said, do you have your gun? And he said no, so she handed him hers, you know, to kind of, you know, I mean, it is kind of humorous. You know, and, and, uh, you know, I don't I mean, given the circumstances, it may be not humorous, but I mean, you know, lady hands him a gun, so he's right. able to kind of get in the middle of things and, you know, and. Just a really crazy situation. It is, and, you know, and that's the irony in some ways, you know. And of course, it's Texas, and of course, Texas is a little right. different than the rest of the country. I mean, the gun culture uh-huh. is totally different in Texas than it is in the rest of the country. Do you think that's right. true? Well, I would. I've got a lot of family members who carry. I don't, but I mean, it's a pretty common thing. And you know, I think another thing that maybe has made this such a big thing is is the argument against guns has always been, been if something happens and you've got a bunch of just ordinary citizens carrying guns they're going to be shooting each other and you're going to have a lot of chaos and it's not it's going to be a bad situation and in this case you had six seconds you had one security team member gun the guy down as he was trying to shoot and kill more people and then you had like you said a half dozen or more with guns kind of heading that direction to make sure the situation was resolved. But you had nobody just indiscriminately firing weapons. Right. You had, as far as I know, one shot fired by a church member, and that one shot ended the situation. That man, Jack Wilson, who uh, stopped the gunman, I mean, rightly so, been hailed as a hero. Was a, It was a, a long-distance shot, so to speak, and uh, he hit his target and stopped the carnage. I mean, almost 250 people in that congregation, That a lot of lives could have been lost in a short order, but thank goodness people were there. Now, you know, I, I, I think about this, and, you know, you wonder about, um, of course, from the outside looking in, what does that say that, you know, here we are, in 2020, and now people 
especially at this uh, congregation um, at West Freeway Church of Christ, a number of people are concealed carry. Uh, in some ways, you have to protect yourselves. Uh, I would imagine, though, from the outside world, they think, oh, look at those Christians carrying those concealed carries. What's that like to praise Jesus and hold a gun at the same time? Right. Yeah, and it, 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 it is a complicated question. And I mean, there are Christians as well who would argue that Jesus you know, Jesus is love, and Jesus would, you know, turn the other cheek, and how dare we carry guns into a sacred place like a church? I mean, it's probably not a lot of people making that argument this week, just because it's yeah. a pretty bad week to make it. But yep. I mean, and I do understand the sincerity of people who would say that, but in this situation, it, it, like it would have had a devastating effect if Without there wasn't a way for people to protect themselves. Right. And, you know, as you came to join us, so the laws had recently changed in Texas, right? I mean, there's always a lot of talk about these, uh, what they call the gun-free zones. So the uh, laws had recently changed, did they not? They had changed, and, you know, I'm not from, well, I am from Texas, but I don't live in Texas or follow Texas politics real closely, but my 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 remembering is that a couple of years ago, they Texas lawmakers like the governor, Greg Abbott, who spoke at the first victim's funeral yesterday that he pushed for this and that lawmakers pushed for this. And then, you know, even in recent months, you've had some people like Joe Biden, who's running for president on the Democratic side, basically be real critical of, of Texas for having a law like this. And, you know, some conservatives have kind of pulled that quote out and reminded Biden of it in the wake of the situation that's happened this week. Right. I mean, there it is. I mean, it's irrefutable. A good guy with a gun stopped a bad guy with a a gun. You can't argue with that. In this situation, you certainly can't. No. So I guess the question is, right, the question is this. Where's the line between loving people and protecting the flock, right? Like, Like you said, people come in, a lot of homeless people or people who are mentally ill, come into churches. They come into my church. We, I, I worship at a, at a city church, and this is a regular occurrence. Now, at, at the at the church in Texas, close to the freeway, a West Freeway Church of Christ, a lot of transients come in. So you want to be loving. You want to be kind. You want to provide food, some clothing, some sustenance. You want to be the hands and feet of Christ, caring for those who are less fortunate. But at the same time, you also want to feel safe. I mean, I, I often think of this, that on Sunday mornings, of course, we're extremely vulnerable. Your head is bowed. You're in prayer. Uh, you're soft. You're supple. And I think a lot of people worry about when when will that gunman stop into the congregation and start to open fire? I mean, that's, I think it's a, it's a great fear of a lot of people. Right. Uh, I think you're right. Well, Bobby, uh, it's a sad story, but it's also a good story. And uh, I certainly appreciate, uh, as I read your work um, as the editor-in-chief of the Christian Chronicle and the work you do at uh, Religion Magazine, uh, it's it's well worth to hear the story, and uh, I do appreciate your reporting on it. Excellent work. Well, well, thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Well, pleasure's mine. Thank you so much for your advocacy and for your excellent reporting. That's the question. Where's the line between loving people and protecting the flock? Do you feel safe at church? Do you feel the need to carry a handgun in church? Does your church even allow that? Is your church, what what, what do they call it, a gun-free zone? Is your church like that? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. 
Do you carry in church, concealed carry? Are you fearful on a Sunday morning? When you see these stories, and believe me, this, this story that happened here last Sunday is not an isolated story. At the West Freeway Church of Christ, it's just the latest story. How many people go into their church on a Sunday morning and are murdered? And I don't think this is paranoia or anything that's out of the norm. I think that this is a common thing, that many larger churches especially are well organized. There are security teams and there are things in place that allow people who do have concealed carry to make sure that the churches and the people who worship there are safe. What are your thoughts? We'll take a break. 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. What's the line between loving people and protecting the flock? And do you carry? Are you fearful in church on a Sunday morning? Give me your thoughts. We'll take a break. Come back. Stick around. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. Hey, this is Laura Story. Are you ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular week-long Alaska cruise? After you prepare your heart with worship led by Michael O'Brien and myself, Alistair Begg will be sharing from God's Word, and together we will renew our vision, purpose, and connection with Christ. We'll let Scripture steer our hearts as we explore God's eternal truths together. Salem Media Group presents the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise, August 30th through September 6, 2020. Get more details at wordfm.com slash Alaska. When was the last time that your kids had fun at the dentist's office? Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. It's really important that the kids have a great and fun first few experiences. Moms really appreciate the time that we spend to make sure that their kids are not feeling rushed and that we really have a lot of fun in the office. My mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you. Perry Highway in Wexford. You have my word on it. At Stock Family Dentistry. The message, Liberty Mutual Insurance customizes your coverage so you only pay for what you need, is brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance, where you can customize your coverage so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. The long hours of studying, the finals of the semester are all over. And like all campuses across America, Grove City is quiet for the Christmas break. I have to be honest that since my daughter's been home, after living through finals, she's been sleeping about 16 hours out of every day. <laughs> Say no more. Mine as well. But isn't it great to catch up and to hear about yeah. all that happened in this past semester and how vital, how engaged, how active Grove City has been? And I see the change in my son. And it's not just the academics. It's not just the classes, the five classes my daughter had, or the five really excellent professors she was able to interface with. But it's all the extra stuff. It's the it's the Bible study. It's the small group thing. It's the athletic team, whatever it is that the kids... It just makes the whole experience richer, better. And it's the kind of thing that by the time vacation's over, my daughter's really looking forward to getting back to. Exactly. So... As the students at Grove City College take a break, we're fortunate, so happy, that as Christ is in the middle throughout all the academics, there's a time to break, a time to relax, and that's what's happening right now. If your child is interested in a quality education with Jesus in the middle, we suggest you look online. 
Grove City College at gcc.edu. Merry Christmas. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app by heart, tune in, and at radio.com. This afternoon, mild with periods of rain, high 51. Overcast tonight with a bit of rain, low 43. Cloudy and cooler tomorrow with a few showers, high 44. Cloudy and breezy tomorrow night with a spotty evening rain or snow shower, followed by a bit of snow late, up to an inch, low 27. Remaining cloudy for Sunday and cooler with a stray afternoon flurry, high 37. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Cheryl Golden. We're talking about the murders this past Sunday at West Freeway Church of Christ. It's in the suburbs of uh, Fort Worth, Texas. A gunman came into the uh, to the sanctuary during communion. He was known to the congregation. Um, oddly enough, he was wearing a disguise, pulled out a sawed-off shotgun, and quickly killed two parishioners. And then he himself, the gunman, was murdered by um, by a security by the head of the security, a guy named Jack Wilson. He stopped the guy uh, cold. And you just heard our conversation. If you were with us, we were talking to uh, Bobby uh, Ross Jr. And uh, Bobby is from Texas, covers that area of the country really well for the Christian Chronicle. And uh, is friends with the pastor at the church and um, talked about the heartbreak of what that is and how that works and how many people in the in this church were carrying handguns on a regular basis. So the, the question is, to me at least, where's the line between loving people and protecting the flock? To be honest, I have no problem uh, with concealed carry in church. You want to feel safe, right? The idea of a gun-free zone... Uh, that just, I think, is an invitation for carnage. People know people aren't carrying guns. This world we live in right now is a dangerous world. So uh, I feel good knowing that somebody next to me has something in case something would break out. What are your thoughts on this? Guns in church. Do you feel vulnerable on a Sunday? Do you conceal carry at church? 800 Let's go to the phone. Speak with Mary. Hey, Mary, you're up. How are you doing today? I am doing fine, and I would let you know that I am part of our church's security system. About a year ago, when the Catholic Church was under attack, we were taking aside some of the parishioners and asked to be a security system. And if we saw somebody with a gun that they were about to use, we're supposed to yell, gun, and everybody gets down. And those of us who are concealed carry... We'll do our best to take care of business. So you yourself are concealed carry? Correct. And what do you think? How many people on that staff at a particular worship service are concealed carry? Any idea? I do not know. I would say probably half a dozen. That's good. At least. What about... Uh, and we do sit in different parts of the church. Yeah, just to make sure that all areas are covered. And and I appreciate the vi- vigilance, right? I mean, y- you never know. Look at this church here in Texas, the uh, West Freeway Church. You know, six seconds, two people murdered, and uh, many, many lives were saved because of that. Well, thanks, Mary. I appreciate that. God bless you, and uh, peace be with you all throughout that service. 800-320-8255. Let's go to the phones and speak with Dylan. Hey, Dylan, you're live. What are your thoughts, please? Yeah, hi John. Um hey. I'm the I'm the same way actually. Uh, agreeing with you on the situation uh, about a year or two ago, uh I got a handgun and unfortunately is one of the few places I actually make sure I always carry. 
Yeah. Just to be safe. Yeah. I mean, every now and then when I go to the store, I mean, I've got two little kids and a wife. Um, I, I don't take it with me to work. Um, but honestly, yeah, throughout the throughout the week and throughout the month, church is one of the few places it, it always goes with me. It's, it's hard to say, and it's unfortunate, but if you look at the statistics across the country, that's where the killing occurs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not an uncommon story. If you would do an Internet search and see how many people, you know, are murdered in church on a Sunday, it happens, uh, I dare to say, on a fairly regular basis. And I don't think that's exaggeration or hyperbole in any, any way. What, what about it, James? Is there a security team at your church that you know of that you're part of? Um, they actually just uh, recently started making an announcement and asking for people to come forth if they want to be a part of one. Um, but there's maybe a hundred, a hundred or so uh, congregants, and um, I'd be, I'd be, I would bet maybe uh, I'm, I'm considering coming forward myself. I'm not sure if I want a, a responsibility um, of any kind at the moment. Um, I already got my hands full with little kids, but um, I mean, I'm going to still keep carrying regardless, and. Uh, I would bet that they're going to get five people or so to come forward. I bet. All right, James. Hey, thanks an awful lot. Peace be with you. Okay, we'll take a break. 800-320-8255. We're talking about guns in church. Um, what are your thoughts? What's the line between loving people and protecting the flock? You just heard Mary and Dylan talk about that and uh, what was going on in their lives as they conceal carry a church. Quite honestly, it breaks, it breaks my heart to think about it, right, that uh, there you are on Sunday morning and uh, you're vulnerable and you think, what's going to happen? Is someone going to come in here and murder my wife, my kids, my the people that I love as we're worshiping Jesus? It happens. So how protected are we? How secure should we be? We'll take a break and come back, but your phone calls are welcome, 800-320-8255. Stick around. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here, Word FM, WPIT Radio. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. Happy New Year! Where a new year means lots of new music. New New music. New music from Micah Tyler. Amen. One day, new from Cochran and Company. One day, the color of our skin won't cause a divide. And Taryn Wells with Like You Love Me. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers on 101.5 WORD. It's that time of the year at the Springhouse in 84. It's Dairy Farm Tour time. That's right. We actually invite classes of school children to our real working dairy farm. The children love feeding the calf, milking the cow, and even seeing where the cows sleep and smelling what they eat. Many children today have never even touched a baby calf, nor have they associated the wonderful cow as the source of the milk that they get from the grocery store. At the Springhouse in 84, we are so committed to teaching children about farming and helping them understand how much the city mouse and the country mouse truly need each other. Call 228-3339 or have your child's teacher set up a date for your child's classroom farm tour and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse in 84. 
These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Do you have brain fog and lack of energy during the day? If so, take back your vitality and clarity with all-natural Cola Gel, newly discovered jellyfish collagen peptides that aids with brain and memory support. Cola Gel is all-natural with no side effects. Edible jellyfish collagen uniquely supplies the body with multiple collagen peptides and naturally occurring minerals that fuels our cellular system with energy-rich compounds. Jellyfish collagen is a nutritive formula that promotes optimum neurological activity and improves cognitive memory. Receive your first bottle free plus shipping by visiting longevitybynature.biz and enter promo code COLAGEL. That's longevitybynature.biz and enter promo code COLAGEL. K-O-L-L-A-J-E-L-L. Get your first bottle free plus shipping by visiting longevitybynature.biz promo code COLAGEL. Eliminate brain fog and lack of energy with COLAGEL at longevitybynature.biz. That's longevitybynature.biz. When the original Mattress Factory opened nearly 30 years ago, there was no one like us in the industry. Our factory direct model and friendly, courteous sales approach enable us to build quality mattresses and box springs and offer them at prices that were hundreds less than the mainstream brands. This is Greg Trzinski, and we're proud to say that nearly three decades later, there is still no one like us. Where else can you find a locally hand-built product for hundreds less than any of the mainstream brands? Only at the Original Mattress Factory. Visit us at OriginalMattress.com. Hey, thanks for being with us. We're talking about the murders last week, West Freeway Church of Christ in Fort Worth, Texas, suburb of Fort Worth. And essentially, we're talking about concealed carry. What, what's the line between loving people and protecting the flock? I mean, you go to you go on Sunday morning, you want to worship. But boy, I think a lot of us, you're, you're leery of what who's going to walk in the door. I'm always looking at the door thinking, who's that person? And I, I don't want to be suspicious. I don't want to be leery. I want to be loving and kind and open. The body of Christ. But do you conceal carry? What about gun-free zones and that whole thing? And how does that work for you? 800-320-8255. Give us a call if you're so inclined to tune in. Uh, James, you're on the uh, line here. What are your thoughts, please? Well, nowadays I think things have changed quite a bit. And uh, I think people should carry qualified people qualified you know they should yeah. yeah they should be qualified they should definitely go through a training course and be prepared you know oh you just got to be prepared in your mind that if this happens you're going to stand up and do what you got to do yeah you know i go to an inner city church it's you know it's it's in mckeesport it's not one of the greatest towns but you know my wife and i we actually the lord put it on my heart to relocate our seat so that I could see who's coming, you know, if anybody does come in, you know, so I'm all for it. And, you know, it's a shame it's come to this, but uh, I really, really think that God would want us to definitely protect his flock. I agree. Yeah. So at your church, is there a security team that's organized or is it just willy nilly? It's well, I wouldn't say willy nilly. I know there's me and two others, but I haven't really discussed anything with anyone recently but i know with this recent thing i'm sure there should be 
something coming up where, you know, there's going to be some arrangements made where people are going to know what to do if this yeah. ever does occur. I mean, I think that's the key, right? I mean, I know that there are companies, heck, I mean, guests have joined us on the air over the years to talk about church security, their seminars and whatnot like that. But, you know, yeah. better to be organized yeah. and be safe and ready to go. And there's professionals out there who are, you know, ex-military or ex-police who do this for a right. living. So, Yeah, I'm just an ordinary guy that just wants to, I want to protect me, my family, and wherever I'm at, you know, yeah. I, I just don't want to be, I don't want to be a victim. No, of course you know? not. Yeah. You want to be in it's, church and you want to be secure. Yeah. It's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. I'm into that. Hey, James, <laughs> thanks an awful lot for the phone call. Uh, let's go back to the phones. 800-320-8255. Mary Lou, you're with me. Uh, what are your thoughts, please? Uh, well, I did used to carry in church. I used to carry everywhere, actually. Um, that was something that uh, my first husband had on his heart that we should do since we were, you know, eligible. I had taken a personal protection class at the local gun club, um, and he was just one of those who was concerned because the church I used to go to, your back was to the door yeah. if anybody were to come in. But then I found it burdensome as a woman. A, it's a lot harder for us to carry concealed and be comfortable. Sure. You know, you shouldn't ever have it in your purse or somewhere. It needs to be on your body or locked up. Those were the two options. And uh, I found it a huge distraction because I knew I had it on my waist. I knew there was a couple of us in our pew with it, but I knew the instructions were hit the ground first, take cover, um, and assess the situation. And um, I had a hard time paying attention in church. (laughs) Yeah, that was just on my mind all the time. Sure, that's interesting. um, Eventually, you know, with uh, my new church, when I discovered a couple of the deacons and elders were carrying, I thought, okay, they don't need me (laughs) anymore. And like the other gentleman said, I kind of repositioned my seat, too, Uh to know I knew where they were, (laughs) Yeah, you know, Uh and that sort of thing. So I believe some folks should be carrying, and um, I'm glad, like, one of them was an Army reservist and that kind of thing, so he's had training. Yeah. Um, And... uh, yeah, I guess that's about it. Yeah, so at your church, is it an organized security team, or is it people that you just know willy-nilly? Uh, I don't think it's an organized security team. I think it's just a bunch of us redneck hunters that are familiar <laughs> and comfortable with guns. And, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that sort of thing. I'm not aware that there's an organized team, um, but I do know that... At a certain time, if you are late for church, there's only one way you're getting in, and right, all the right. other doors are locked. And that's good. Um, you know, so that, and there's cameras and things like that. But yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm glad somebody else is willing to do it. I didn't like it, but you know, um, that's just my personal preference. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate that you were on the front lines there for a while, and uh, you know. Uh, Took control, but uh, there's somebody else is going to stand in your steed. That's good as well. Mary Lou, thanks enough. For, uh, thanks for the phone call. I really appreciate it. 800 320 8255. We've got time for another phone call. Let's go and uh, speak with Joyce. Hey, Joyce, how are you today? Hi, John. I'm Hi. fine. How are you? Real good. I can't complain. But, uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a marriage and family therapist, and so working in the mental health field, um, I'm glad that I'm a Christian and a prayer because um, the whole thing is real difficult for me to wrap my head around um, where we've gotten. And and for me to, I mean, my one complaint, and I know we had no control over it, is that it it was publicized from early on, and now it's just popping up everywhere. Publicized? Um, What do you mean? 
Pardon? What do you mean publicized? Um, the fact that the, the, this was publicized from the beginning, the church is being uh, attacked by shooters. I see. And so now it's it's everywhere because um, there's people who are really, really hard to assess whether they are um, in a good place in their mind. Sure, yes. Um, and, you know, and so just the thought of 25 people um, sitting in the pews every Sunday— sure. Um, that's that's a nervous wreck for me because of what I see in family. Yeah. Um, it, it, it people it, not to use a pun, but people's tempers become explosive quickly, and these are even people who, you know, are, are out every day. You know, really nice people. It's oftentimes that um, the husbands and fathers um, that are out there helping everybody in the neighborhood that are oftentimes the ones who are like a loose cannon at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they can be the types of people that just you just can't trust. And so I'm glad I'm a prayer because I think we need both and. We need the people who God is calling to help with justice here, and we need people who are praying to make sure that the Lord's hand is in their hearts and minds um, in governing them um, as they're doing this for the community. Oh, man, that's an excellent perspective. I really appreciate that, Joyce. Thanks so much. Peace be with you. I mean, I'm sure as a therapist, you have secrets and stories that are just uh, chilling. And uh, to think about that in church on a Sunday morning, and especially with people with concealed carry, it can be a very toxic, dangerous atmosphere. At the same time, you want to be safe. You want to come to church and worship with everybody and feel that this is truly a sanctuary and that we are all together as this body of Christ, loving Jesus at the same time without fear. So where is that line? Where is the line between loving people and protecting the flock? We're talking about that and uh, the church shooting that happened this, this past Sunday. Our conversation continues in just a bit, so you're welcome to stick around. I'm Andy Solomon. T-Mobile has launched the country's first and only nationwide 5G network covering more than 5,000 cities and towns all across the country. Here's Senior Vice President of Network Engineering and Development, Mark McDermott. This launch immediately catapults T-Mobile into a position as the country's biggest 5G network, covering more than 1 million square miles beyond the big cities to the small towns, and that's just the start. And now available are two new 5G Superphones that can access nationwide 5G. The exclusive OnePlus 7T Pro 5G McLaren and the Samsung Galaxy Note 10 Plus 5G. And we'll be able to supercharge the 5G network with more speed and capacity if the pending merger with Sprint closes. This holiday season, get a great deal on a 5G phone at T-Mobile. For more information, visit tmobile.com. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and 
one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. I love being able to offer my clients such a great avenue for them to expand and grow their businesses. As a digital marketing strategist with Salem's Around, you'll have the tools to provide media solutions that surround your client's target audience. We have a great team. You always feel like you have somebody to call and talk to, to know which digital tactics are the best to grow their business. Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, an equal opportunity employer. Join the Pittsburgh team at SalemSurround.com slash careers. It's awesome. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. talking about last Sunday at uh, West Freeway Church of Christ in Fort Worth, where a gunman burst in, and in six seconds, two parishioners were killed, two members of the church were killed, and then the gunman himself by somebody who was a concealed carry, and uh, was an excellent shot, apparently, and put an end quickly to the carnage. But we're taking your phone calls about that. You know, what's the line between loving people? Right, being part of the church, welcoming the stranger. Of course, you want to welcome the stranger. People who are seeking food, clothing, shelter, all that. And at the same time, making sure that those you love who are around you in the body of Christ are also safe. 800-320-8255. Do you conceal carry? What do you think about that? What about gun-free zones in your in your church? Let's go back to the phones and speak with Robert. Hey, Robert, uh, tell us your thoughts about all this. Hey, John, thanks for taking, for taking the call. Um, I just want to say I, I do agree with uh, protecting the, the flock while they're there. Um, it's not the first time in history that this has happened. Nope. We've, throughout church history, especially, this is not even nearly as bad as it's been. I mean, we're not dragging people out in the streets. Um, and I also want to kind of tell people, you know, it's easy to be scared in, in, in light of this kind of thing and think, you know, how horrible it is and be scared to sit in church. But people shouldn't because yeah. this this really isn't happening as often as it seems like. We have instantaneous media that puts us at our fingertips the moment anything happens. And so it makes it seem very frequent. But in truth, the actual number of occurrences is not nearly as high as it's been in the past. Really? And, you know, you, if you look back even 100 years ago, the same thing was happening. Really? You just didn't hear about it as much. See, now, I, I don't know, Robert. I don't know about that at all. I, um, that's an interesting perspective, and I can't refute it because I don't know the facts. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would hope that would be the case. But you're right. Mm-hmm. It does feel, you know, instantaneous click media. We know what's happening, you know, around the corners of the world much more than we did in the past. So I do right. hope that's and, true. And it's always, and it's always you know, sensationalist headlines. So I, I feel like it. It, it puts it in an unfair perspective. Well, and obviously good. we should pay attention to it and we should be prepared. But at the same time, I don't think it's a reason to, you know, be scared to go to church or be scared to sit in the pew or constantly look at the door. Yeah, that's really good. That's an excellent point. I, I mean, I'm not afraid to go to church and I hope everybody who listens is not afraid to go to church, that they would go and they would worship freely. But what about yeah. yourself? I mean, do you conceal carry? Is that part of your life? 
Um, so it, it will be soon, not because of this. It was something I was in the process of doing anyway. Um, I do believe in concealed carry. I do believe in, in not just the church, but everywhere. Uh, I think that most of what's happening now is is opportunistic. I think that people are looking for opportunistic victims. And if people were afraid that the majority of people were carrying, they wouldn't shoot in the first place. That's good. Hey, Robert, I appreciate it. we got to go. We're up against the uh, 5 o'clock hour. Hey, thanks for being with us. We're talking about that church. Your thoughts and comments always welcome on the Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. We're going to talk at the 5 o'clock hour about uh, Iran. David French joins us in that conversation after the break. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app by heart, tune in, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. In a brief address to the press at Mar-a-Lago today, President Trump said the killing of General Qasem Soleimani was not undertaken in an effort to begin a conflict with Iran. We took action last night to stop a war, Mr. Trump said. We did not take action to start a war. We do not seek regime change. However, the Iranian regime's aggression in the region, including the use of proxy fighters to destabilize its neighbors, must end, and it must end now. SRN News military affairs analyst Colonel Robert McGinnis says Soleimani was flying under the radar when he was killed by the airstrike. I think the leadership in Baghdad are tired of Soleimani and the interference of the Iranian regime. Even though there are a lot of Shiites in the government, uh, Iraqi Shiites are not Iranian Shiites. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 234 points. The Nasdaq dropped 71. The S&P 500 lower by 23. This is SRN News. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Good morning, America. Or is it? If you're one of the millions of Americans who did not sleep well last night, it's probably a pretty average morning. But listen up, you sleep-deprived people. There's good news. A breakthrough sleep solution called Pronto Sleep. And when we say pronto, we mean pronto. Pronto Sleep gently opens your nose to focus breathing and help you relax and fall asleep. And the built-in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils to help you stay asleep naturally. And then Pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Too easy, eh? And in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep and 74% found it helped them stay asleep. So make every morning a... Good morning, America. With Pronto Sleep, available now at select Walgreens, Amazon or at prontosleep.com. Pronto Sleep from Rhinomed, bringing you advanced nasal therapies. 
Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. So why not consider a private Christian school that's been serving the community for nearly 40 years? At Central Christian Academy in Houston, pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to propel them to the top of the class in high school and beyond. Central Christian Academy creates model student leaders other kids look up to. Students prepared for a world that needs Jesus. Schedule a private tour and learn more at ccaschool.com. If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code HALFOFF. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code HALFOFF. This afternoon, mild with periods of rain, high 51. Overcast tonight with a bit of rain, low 43. Cloudy and cooler tomorrow with a few showers, high 44. Cloudy and breezy tomorrow night with a spotty evening rain or snow shower, followed by a bit of snow late, up to an inch, low 27. Remaining cloudy for Sunday and cooler with a stray afternoon flurry, high 37. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Cheryl Golden. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today with a Friday edition. It's been a, a strange week, one of these you know holiday weeks, you kind of, all week long. What day is it? Um, I, I talked about this at the top of the four o'clock hour, but I need to do it again because I know that people come and go and, uh, it's a different audience in some ways, but Kath is not here today and Kath will not be with me for the foreseeable future. Uh, yesterday, quite suddenly and, uh, deeply sorrowfully, her mother passed away and, uh, Kath has posted information about this already. She's posted Photos of her dear mom, uh, Nancy, uh, on Facebook. So it, it is public knowledge. And so that's why I freely will, will choose to speak about this and the loss of Kathy's mom. When you hear Kath, if you're a regular listener, you know, you know what a wonderful, powerful, strong, sweet, deep presence she is as a woman. And that is in large part to her mother, Nancy, Nancy Bletchars, who was the original. She was the kindest, strongest, sweetest woman you would ever meet. I mean, just a a beautiful, beautiful soul. Kath's dad passed away this past February after a long protracted illness. And Nancy passed away yesterday in a heartbeat, gone in a moment. And I've been thinking about this, of course, because I love Kath and our long partnership here together. You really get to know a person after all these years on the air, talking the talk that we do with God in the middle. We know each other very, very well. And I'm part of her family like she's part of mine. And so as I, I sit and think about her and another friend of mine who recently lost his mother, I try to come up with words that in some ways will encapsulate that. And this is one of these instances where words are weak. Words just do not do the job. They don't say exactly 
what's necessary to be said. When you say to someone, I'm so sorry that you lost your mother, it sounds like you might have left your mom at the mall. I'm so sorry that you lost your mother. It sounds like, you know, she's in the pocket of a pair of pants somewhere in your bedroom. It doesn't even begin to convey what I understand, and I'm sure if you've lost your mother, about the feelings that that death does to a person who survives their mother. It feels like a wrenching severance, an amputation in some way. We've not lost our mothers. We say that to be polite, but in truth, we've become unmothered. Marie Antoinette was unheaded, or that guy who sawed off his arm in the wilderness was unhanded. It feels violent and raw and fundamental. It's a pain that reaches all the way down into your ligaments and your bones because our mothers are always our first firmament in this world, our first homes, the universe from which our whole sustenance was formed. And so when that goes away, whether it's a slow progression of illness or sudden wrenching, it ultimately changes the way you see the world. A friend of my brother's fought in Vietnam, and he was on a, a tour one time walking, and a, a mine went off, and shrapnel came forward. And look, Vietnam was how many decades ago? And from time to time, my brother's friend still, that shrapnel comes up out of his flesh. Little tiny pieces of metal find their way to the surface. And my mother's been gone for almost 16 years. And in some ways, that's what that feels like. That that pain is so buried in there. And so surprising that in odd moments, it pops to the surface. When my mother died years ago, I sort of became obsessed with the idea of what other cultures do in their mourning process. Because, you know, here here in this country... We, we whitewash that. When I was a kid, uh, from the time I was 16 years old until almost 20 years old, actually it sort of put me through college, I lived and I worked in a funeral home. So I saw grief up close. And I often wonder about the grief, that you know sanitized version that we've done ourselves such a great disservice to here in the United States. We put it in a little box It's out for a little bit, and then we're supposed to put it away, right? I mean, the Victorians, they would walk around with black armbands. They would put things on their doors. You know, their clothing would reflect it. So you you knew, you know, that, that outward appearance of that blackness was, you know, be kind to me because I'm in pain. We've lost that. We don't do that. We take a few days off of work, and then we're back in the game, and, you know, I remember watching Mad Men, and one of the characters said, don't, don't mourn here. There's no crying here at work. Please don't do that in the break room. Um, do that in your own apartment. And, of course, as believers, you know, in your church community, we, we want to be kind and loving. But we have sanitized grief, loss. I know that as a believer, I'll see my mother someday in heaven, like Kath will see her mom and dad in heaven as well. But it still doesn't diminish the pain. The promise is there. The hope is there. That Christ will be with us. That we will with, we'll be with God the Father in heaven forever. 
And I know Nanny is certainly in heaven today. And Stan, her husband, he was waiting impatiently for her. So there is great glory and rejoicing. But at the same time in the Emmons family today, there is great heartbreak. That howling pain somehow diminishes and becomes muted. So for Kath and for all the Emmons family, peace be with you today. Because I knew and loved your mom, Nancy Bletchars, and she was a fine, sweet woman and should be greatly honored. We'll take a break and come back in a few minutes. Stay with us. We hope to have David French with us. He's going to talk about what happened with the bombings and all the international intrigue of Iraq and Iran. Stay with us. It's the ride home on a Friday afternoon. Be right back. WORD. Sometimes what you say isn't as bad as how you say it. Coming up on Adventures in Odyssey, a careless comment from Eugene Tucani triggers a chain reaction that entangles the gang at wit's end in a war of the words. How can one word cause so much trouble? Find out in this fascinating look at the power of words, all on the next Adventure in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, WORD. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit extremetruck.net. 412-257-1006, extremetruck.net. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Licker Chops, get the third bottle free. New improved Licker Chops with omega-6, omega-3, vitamin E, and now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. And dogs love it. Try Licker Chops. Buy two, get one free. This is Henry Lukasiewicz for Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Every client basically needs some kind of a digital strategy. As a digital marketing strategist with Salem's Around, you'll have the tools to provide media solutions that surround your client's target audience. I can go out and tell a client, I can reach the amount of audience that you need to be able to grow your business. It has nothing to do with, oh, we need to sell this thing today. We're able to sit down with a client and say, what would make you successful? Salem's Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, an equal opportunity employer. Join the Pittsburgh team at SalemSurround.com slash careers. David French is with us. David has been a frequent guest on our show. He is the senior editor at The Dispatch, an attorney concentrating his practice in constitutional law, a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom, here today to talk to us about Iran and uh, their vial of a forceful revenge after the United States kills uh, one of their top commanders. David, uh, we welcome you back to the show. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. So, David, for our audience who is uh, uninformed, can you set the table and, and talk to us about what happened in the last 24 hours with Iran? Yeah, essentially what, what happened is that the United States killed a senior Iranian commander who's also a terrorist leader who had uh, 
run the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps' Al-Quds force for years. And this is a force that Iran had used to disrupt American operations in Iraq, had used to help Assad in his battle with, in his battle with uh, uh, rebels in Syria, uh, had used to prop up Hezbollah in Lebanon. This is a guy who has an enormous amount of American blood on his hands. Hundreds of American troops were killed either in direct operations that he supervised or through weapons he provided in Iraq. And recently, he had been directing Shia militia attacks against the U.S. and U.S. forces in Iraq. There was a rocket attack a week or so ago that killed an American contractor. There was an uh, attempt to storm the embassy led by Iranian-backed Shia militia. And so there was an escalating series of confrontations between the U.S. and Iraq, and the Trump administration uh, acted very boldly to take out the, the Iranian leader most responsible for direct attacks on American forces. Yes. So Soleimani, a very, very bad guy. And at the yeah. end, he got his just desserts. Now, this is modern warfare. Uh, no boots on the ground. This was a drone strike. Yes. Well, you know, we had uh, – he, he kind of operated with impunity in Iraq. And this is a guy who would come to Iraq, and he was very brazen. He was very arrogant. Um, going all the way back into 2008, he texted David Petraeus, General Petraeus, uh, to taunt him about his – ability to influence events in Iraq. And so this is a guy who's very arrogant, he's very brazen, and apparently believed himself to be untouchable. Uh, and so he landed in Baghdad airport, was driving away with the leaders of other Iranian-backed militia when he was targeted and taken out. It was a very skilled operation by American forces. So now... Many people are saying this is an act of war and that we should prepare for the worst. Uh, some people say, well, you know, the killing is uh, disproportionate. We've uh, killed an enemy, enemy, enemy commander, and uh, that's a violation of, uh, of international law. What are your thoughts about that? Well, the action was under international law, law of armed conflict. American law was entirely justifiable. Um, so let's just put it as simply as possible. U.S. forces are in Iraq pursuant to congressional authorizations. Uh, they have a right of self-defense in the conduct of their operations. And that right of self-defense, it doesn't just include the ability to shoot back at people who shoot at you. It includes the ability to uh, take on the commanders who and, and bomb or strike at the commanders who order the shots. I mean, this is basic law of war 101, and you don't just have to shoot at the military forces that are actually engaged in combat. You can shoot at the commanders. You can shoot at the supply lines. You can, And so there was uh, this was an American military operation conducted in self-defense of American forces who were conducting a congressionally authorized military mission. And so this is very clear that this fits within their authority. Now, that does not mean it was wise. It means it was justified. Those are not the exact same thing. Yes. So then talk to us about the wisdom. By doing this, the Trump administration has put us on a path, I would think, uh, that is dangerous ahead. Are we equipped and willing and able to walk down this path? I don't know. (laughs) Um, I think anyone who says this was wise or smart is, uh, they're guessing. They're guessing. I mean, we don't know. It's going to take some time for us to figure this out because a lot depends on what Iran does next. Uh, we don't think, I don't believe there are any indications that the Trump administration is planning another attack, another escalation. 
So this is more like throwing the punch and waiting right. to see what, what comes next. And if the Iranians don't do anything, if they sort of de-escalate in response to this because they have their nose bloodied, so to speak, and realize that they've pushed America too far, then this will be viewed as an unmitigated success. If, however, the Iranians retaliate, uh, if they retaliate successfully and, and draw America deeper into a conflict that doesn't want, or heaven forbid this erupts into open war, then we might have a very different view of the merits of this decision. Uh, there are a lot of decisions that Iran has to make right now, and they may choose to stand down. They may choose to retaliate and escalate. Uh, I don't think either side wants an outright open war. Um, but history is littered with examples of nations who end up in an open conflict you didn't intend to be. So if Iran chose to retaliate, I'm sure they have many options that are available to them, yes? Oh, they have many options. This is, this is not uh, bombing some remote terror, terrorist leader who's on the run. This is bombing a senior commander in a, in a sovereign nation with a very large military and, ex, and very capable of directly striking an American forces. So uh, if Iran chose to, if it wanted to, and it, again, I don't think it wants open war, it could blanket American bases in the Middle East with missile fire. It yeah. could, uh, they could activate all of their Iranian-backed militias in Iraq to begin a new counterinsurgency against American forces. They could disrupts the flow of commerce through the Straits of Hormuz. I mean, there's an enormous amount of capability that the Iranians have. We're still stronger than they are, of course. But if it went to a full-on shooting war, it would be the worst conflict we've seen in generations. We're talking about something beyond what we've seen in the war on terror. And Russia, they themselves could get involved? Doubtful. Doubtful because they don't want to. (laughs) this is this is not where, this is not the kind of the ground where everyone is choosing to fight. Um, what we're talking about are two sides that are playing very difficult hands. Um, we don't want Iran to continue to escalate their attacks against us. Iran wants to put pressure on us without courting a ruinous, destructive war. Uh, so both sides don't have a lot of great options. And what the Trump administration did was essentially play its best card. Uh, in the effort to essentially cow Iran or intimidate Iran into passivity. Uh, And we'll see if it works. Um, There is a good argument that this is perhaps the best time to play this card because Iran has just been through an enormous amount of domestic upheaval with hundreds of Iranians killed by security forces after revolting against the regime. Iran's economy is in a shambles. It's not in a position of political and economic strength right now. So there's a better chance that it might stand down. Um, but, you know, there's also another option, and this is something that Libya did to us. In 1986, uh, the Ronald Reagan hit uh, Libya very hard with airstrikes after a terror attack in West Berlin. And then Libya waited and invited its time. And in 1988, more than two years later, a Libyan operatives blew up an American airliner in retaliation. Yes, yes. So Iran may wait. It may wait. And so it might look for a time that we succeeded, but Iran may choose to retaliate at another time when it feels stronger. David French is with us. He's the senior editor at The Dispatch, an Iraqi war vet, and uh, just a 
really an excellent uh, columnist, a writer, a deep thinker on many things, international and domestic as well. So, David, uh, what about uh, the Shah of Iran? I mean, there was a time when we propped up the Iranian government. The Shah was our best friend. Then uh, the history shows that uh, the Ayatollahs came in. There was a long hostage crisis. Um, I can't imagine if you're living in Iran as a regular citizen, you're happy with what's going on there. Um, Do you know anything about the possibility, the long-term viability of the Ayatollahs? hold on power? Well, you know, they've been there for 40 years, more than 40 years. So, um, you know, I think that when you look at regimes like Iran that have had unrest, when you look at regimes like North Korea that have faced extreme economic privation, you can think, well, these things can't go on forever. But at the same time, we don't really have the ability to end the regime unless you, of course, want to engage in in large-scale open warfare. And so, we have to deal with the regime that we have uh, and the, or that they have, and they have demonstrated a ruthless uh, willingness to use force to stay in power. And, you know, we this is unpredictable. What ha- what's going to happen next is not neatly predictable. Um, you know, you've seen a lot of people on Twitter saying, oh, well, the Iranians will definitely rally behind the flag. Or you've seen people say, well, Iranians didn't really like this guy because he was causing Iranians to die in foreign wars and wasting resources in foreign wars. But the truth of the matter is that all of that is conjecture. I mean, somebody might end up being right, but it's conjecture. We don't really know. What the administration did is it took a bold step. It took a justified step. But we don't know yet if it was a wise step, and we won't know for a while. I see. So uh, politically— uh, of course, you would expect the response, and it has been along party lines in Washington, D.C., yes? Oh, of course. I mean, absolutely. I, I think the Democrats here, you know, everybody, what's the, I think the first rule of modern politics is for every overreaction, there's an equal and opposite <laughs> overreaction. Yeah. Um, I think that what we have here is a situation where the Democrats, are making a mistake to the extent that they minimize the grounds for for taking out Soleimani. If they minimize his crimes, if they minimize the Iranian threat, they make a mistake. I think the Republicans make a mistake if they are prematurely sort of crowning this as a genius move by the Trump administration. Um, but the fact of the matter is the Trump administration took a very bold and risky gamble in, an, in a time and an atmosphere of extremely low trust when it has contributed to that low trust, uh, it's not the most it's, – it's, it's an administration that has repeatedly lied to the American people. And so it's very hard to build support across the aisle in that circumstance, and, and I think you see the fruit of some of that division now. Yes. Hey, David, before you join us or before you leave us, uh, take a second and talk about the dispatch. Yeah, it's a new uh, a new media uh, – a new media enterprise that I joined with Jonah Goldberg from formerly my colleague at National Review and Steve Hayes from Weekly Standard and uh, the dispatch.com. And what we're trying to do is take a pause from the hot takes and yeah. take a much closer look at what's happening in the world from a nonpartisan perspective. We're conservatives, but we're not partisan. And we are trying to, um, the old overused phrase is call the balls and strikes and try to do it as, as thoroughly and honestly and, uh, and thoroughly and honestly and, and fairly as we can. Outstanding. Wonderful. Much needed. David, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us. 
Thanks so much for having me. David French, senior editor at The Dispatch. Believe me, it is well worth your daily read to see The Dispatch. We'll take a break. Be back. We're going to talk about films in just a bit. Stay with us. privacy policy and terms and conditions are posted at textrules.us. Texting rules for recurring automated marketing text messages, message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Tom from Kane 11 and I have one question for you. What size socks are you wearing right now? If you're like everyone else I've asked, you simply don't know. How could you? That's because until now, socks were made in one size fits all or just a couple of sizes to fit every size foot. But not at Kane 11 We make our socks in 11 individual sizes from 7 to 17. That's right, 7 to 17. Great looks and colors to fit everyone's lifestyle. From cotton to wool or anything in between, Kane 11's got the perfect sock for you. Better yarns, better quality, just a better sock. If you don't love them just like we do, send them back for a full refund. That's the Kane 11 promise. Once you wear a pair of Kane 11's, I guarantee you'll never go back to wearing socks in multi-size ranges again. Save 20% off your first order when you text SOCKS to 246810. That's text SOCKS to 246810. Socks to 246810. I needed new blinds. I knew I could save a ton of money if I put them in myself, but I was nervous about measuring right and then installing them. That's why I went to blinds.com. I'd heard their ads on the radio, how they're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings, but I still had to install them. So I called my design consultant, Carla. She talked me through it all from picking the right blinds to installing them. Plus, the online design consultation was free. Samples were free. Shipping was free. My home looks perfect. Reinventing yourself in the new year starts at home. Breathe fresh new life into your home this year with brand new custom window treatments from Blinds.com. From cellular shades to wood blinds to Roman shades and more. Go to Blinds.com now through January 6th and save up to 35%. Plus get an extra $20 off with promo code PRAGER. That's up to 35% off. Plus get an extra $20 off with promo code PRAGER. Rules and restrictions may apply. Whether looking for a restaurant for dinner reservations or shopping for a major purchase, online reviews are a big part of the research consumers consider before making a decision. Unfortunately, many mattress review sites are paid by mattress companies to recommend their products, which makes it hard to trust the reviews. At the Original Mattress Factory, we do things differently. We value transparency and honesty, and we don't pay for reviews or mislead our customers. Read reviews from our actual customers at OriginalMattress.com. At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that selecting your new mattress is a decision that's too important to rush. You should only purchase a mattress when you're ready, and you are assured you got the best value. That's why we offer our lowest and best price to everyone, every day. You don't have to wait for a holiday weekend, haggle with a sales associate, or face the pressure of a today-only sale. You can take your time and make a choice that is right for you, knowing that you'll always get our best price. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. This afternoon, mild with periods of rain, high 51. Overcast tonight with a bit of rain, low 43. Cloudy and cooler tomorrow with a few showers, high 44. Cloudy and breezy tomorrow night with a spotty evening rain or snow shower, followed by a bit of snow late, up to an inch, low 27. Remaining cloudy for Sunday and cooler with a stray afternoon flurry, high 37. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Cheryl Golden.
That is George Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. And of January 1st of this year, just a few short days ago, that work from 1924 entered into the United States public domain, where it will be free for all to use and build upon without any permission or fee. Now, every year, January 1st is Public Domain Day. This year in particular is a very valuable year because many works from the 20s finally are expiring. It used to be that public domain, the copyright on public domain, was 75 years. But in the year 2000, that was extended by 20 additional years, driven in large part by the Disney Corporation because of Mickey Mouse and by the George and Ira Gershwin Family Trust. They wanted to ensure that they had control of Rhapsody in Blue and many other works by the Gershwin brothers. Now, people uh, may be upset about this in the Gershwin family. The Gershwin Trust's goal was not only to continue receiving royalties, but also to exert creative control. Mark Gershwin, who is a friend, I'm sorry, who is the, um, the nephew of George Gershwin, said this. The monetary part is important, but if works of art are in the public domain, you can take them and do whatever you want with them. For instance, we've always licensed Porgy and Bess for stage performances only with a black cast and chorus. That could be debased. Or someone could turn Porgy and Bess into rap music. Now, in response to the concern about rap music, a New York Times editorial noted that the works of the Gershwin brothers drew on African-American musical tradition. So what could be more appropriate? Sometimes the creative control takes the form of restrictions on new uses that the estate presided over, a Broadway-friendly version of Porgy and Bess. So, this year, along with the Gershwin Brothers, the Rhapsody in Blue, many, many pieces have now come into the public domain. The Birds, Lilies of the Field, Where the Wild Things Are, a lot of incredible books. Some of the Beatles' works have come into public domain. I think it's fascinating. Of course, you want to honor and ensure that artists receive fair value for the genius of their works. And there's no denying Buster Keaton, his silent films, a couple of those are now open to public domain as of January 1st. The Gershwins, of course. You don't want to debase. But at the same time, those works should become available and be able to be expanded, used, twisted, some say altered for the use of the public good. Because art is always elastic, always growing, always changing. And I'm sure if George Gershwin was alive today, he wouldn't mind at all. He did quite fine for himself. We'll take a break, come back. Speaking of art, we're going to talk in a little bit with Alyssa Wilkinson about a film that is a must-see, a film called A Hidden Life, Terrence Malick's new film, and it's only in one theater here in the city of Pittsburgh. It's a wonderful Christian film, and its beauty runs deep and wide. Stay tuned for that conversation next here on The Ride Home. WORD. There is just one of two places for your sin. Either your sin is on you or it's on Christ. 
That's the truth that we'll hear this week as our Through the Bible study of the New Testament book of Hebrews continues with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Hop aboard the Bible bus as we travel through some of the most important verses in God's Word. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Just because it's cold outside, it doesn't mean you need to stop grilling, not if you've got the right grill, and that would be a Solaire infrared grill. Solaire infrared grills perform equally well in the cold of winter as in the heat of summer. Just like you feel warm from the sun when you step out of the shadows, the Solaire infrared burners heat your food directly, not the air around the food like conventional grills do. The intense heat also results in the juiciest food you will ever taste from a grill, gas, charcoal, or otherwise. To get the great taste, it's all about the heat. And Solaire Infrared from BestHotGrill.com gets hotter than anything you've ever experienced. Try it yourself with the Solaire Demo Program. Solaire is truly the last grill you'll ever buy. Learn more about these amazing USA-made grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. Get ready for the all-new Winter Jam Tour 2020. Bigger than ever. No tickets required, only $15 at the door. Featuring... What's up, it's Crowder, and we're coming your way. Fashion. Building 429. Austin French. Plus Andy Minio, Red, and Newsome. Plus, get there early for the pre-jam party with Riley Clemens. And more. Winter Jam Tour 2020 at PPG Paints Arena, January 17th. And here's the deal. You don't need any tickets. You just show up at the door. $15. For all the details, including Jam Nation VIP memberships, go to jamtour.com. From the moment you met, it's as if you were custom made for each other. Why should your jewelry be any different? Trinity Jewelers is the area's premier designer of custom jewelry that celebrates life's closest relationships, from breathing new life into a family heirloom to crafting a -a one-of-a-kind original out of nothing but imagination. Trinity's master craftsmen create affordable pieces that tell your own unique story. See how at trinityjewelers.com. I didn't want to talk. She just sat with me. That was all I really needed. We got back. And, of course, we went to different cities. One day, he called me out of the blue. And it's comforting to know that I always encounter him to have my back. We hadn't talked for a while. And then she texted me. And we went for a walk. She called me from time to time. I really didn't think I needed any help. I was away from my family during the holidays. And a friend invited me to their house for dinner. It really meant a lot. He knew I was having a rough week. So he asked me to go fishing with him. My friend knew that I didn't want to go out. So... She brought me dinner instead. It took me from being really depressed to feeling like somebody cared to give me some hope. Just that one text. Be there. Your call. Your presence. Your words. Your support. Be there and help save a life. Learn more about preventing suicide at VeteransCrisisLine.net.
Alyssa Wilkinson is with us. Alyssa is a staff critic and a film critic at Vox.com, where she covers film and culture. Also an associate professor of English and Humanities at the King's College in New York City. Before joining Vox, Alyssa was a film critic at ChristianityToday.com. Alyssa, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Alyssa, always a pleasure. Uh, th- there is a film that's uh, in limited release. It's, it's actually showing in just one theater here in the Pittsburgh area called A Hidden Life. Uh, this is a, a Terrence Malick film who I, I think it would be fair to say is probably the most Christian uh, filmmaker working today. But uh, could you provide a, a, just a brief synopsis for our audience so they know what uh, what the conversation will be about? Yeah, sure. So um, this movie is about a man uh, who lived uh, in Austria during uh, World War II, the uh, Franz Jager's daughter. Uh, he was a simple farmer, um, you know, just lived in a small village in Austria with his wife and his children. And um, during the war, he was uh, drafted, as many of the other men were, um, in order, you know, to join the military and uh, or to serve the country. And one of the things that he would have to do is uh, pledge an oath of loyalty to Hitler. And he refused and he was executed for that. Um, And so the movie is really about that story, Uh, you know, in the years since. For a long time, I, apparently he was really considered a traitor even after the Third Reich fell. Really? Um, but then, in more recent years, he's been canonized and recognized for his um, for his courage. So, when you think about all the heroes of World War II, this is certainly not a general Patton. This is a, a man who was um, deeply convicted in his Christian faith. And he did so at the peril of not only losing his life, but, of course, separation from his children and his wife. The story came to light how? Um, Because he was hidden so far away, I don't think most people, myself included, know the story at all. Right. I mean, you know, he was was sort of known a little bit. There was a sociologist who wrote about him in the 60s. Um, Thomas Merton has a chapter about him in a book that he wrote in 1968. Uh, he has been sort of a figure that's been known for a while. His wife and daughters actually li- continued living in the village that they had lived in, um, even though they were seen kind of as, as traitors for a while. Um, this is a complicated situation because obviously a lot of the Austrians also didn't like Hitler either. So there was sort of a, a lot going on there. And then... Um, in 07, uh, Pope Benedict declared him a, a martyr. And so that story has sort of been, I think, of interest to people who maybe were interested in Austria during the war, but became much more broadly known. And I don't know precisely how Terrence Malick became interested in it, but I know that he's been working on the movie for quite a while. For a long time. So uh, when I read, um, before I saw the film, I, I didn't want to read any reviews. And so, you know, then I go see the movie and then I'm reading everything about it. And, and what's interesting to me is that a, a lot of filmmakers who um, I would imagine are, are not of um, uh, certainly a Christian faith or maybe not any faith at all, look at the film and it's kind of a mystery to, to people um, if you're not a person of faith. Um, can you talk about that? When, when I say it's a, you know, it's a movie about Christians and Jesus, it's not a, a sort of a, a biopic where you know two hours we're going to see someone's life story and go, oh, I get it. There's a lot going on in the film. It's a long film, an, an absolutely beautiful film, but it's not necessarily the most accessible film. 
Sure. I mean, I think that if people saw Terrence Malick's earlier films, like Days of Heaven, for instance, the pretty famous one, it has a lot of that um, that sort of Malick style. So it's very poetic. It's very lyrical. They they spend a lot of time just sort of showing how these two um, people and eventually their daughters were kind of living their life in this Austrian farm town, you know, on their land. It's a very pastoral and um, you know, quiet life, like the title says, a hidden life. And so it's really, you know, only kind of well into the film when the difficulties start presenting themselves. Um, but it has a bigger impact because of that. And then it really emphasizes their their faith. That's a big, big part of the film. And the fact that it was specifically um, Yagasara's faith that kept him from feeling like he could swear loyalty to anyone else. Um, because you know, that's not where his loyalty belongs. His loyalty is on earth, his loyalty is to, to Jesus and to God. And because he um, believed that what Hitler was doing with the Jews in particular was very wrong, he felt, you know, very strongly that he could never even just swear, um, you know, swear the oath with his fingers crossed or something like that. He said, no, you know, that would, that would be betraying my faith. Um, so that's, you know, that's a big part of it. It really is a film about, um, you know, country over over faith or country over, you know, where do your true loyalties lie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's very interesting because people keep saying to him throughout the movie, you know, you're never going to be known for this. You know, people are going to forget about you. This doesn't matter. Nobody's ever going to know about this, which feels a little ironic, of course, because we're watching a movie <laughs> that premiered at the Cannes Film Festival about him. <laughs> Um, but you know, it's true for decades, he was essentially forgotten. Um, and that, you know, there's, there's no reason that, you know, to believe that there aren't other people who like him who indeed were forgotten. And so the question is partly, you know, if what you're doing is courageous, but maybe not heroic, you know, he's not saving any lives. Um, is it still something worth doing? Yeah, I mean, in the film, this um, this swearing allegiance to Hitler and you know to the nationalist ideas around that, uh, it's compared to sort of bending the knee to the Antichrist. And and there are many people in the film who you know his local priest, his his bishop, people in the town who say, just go ahead and do this. What 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 would the you know no one's going to know, no one's going to care. You but he just would refuse to not do this, knowing that eventually he would find his way to the guillotine. And, and, you know, it's kind of like the Pharisees in some way. Oh, just just pass. Your life will be a lot easier if you did. But I just had to admire that. And, of course, everybody who sees the film, you see yourself as different characters. You th- it'd be easy to think, oh, well, that's, you know, I'm Franz. But, of course, 99.9% of the people are not going to be Franz. I'm going to be the townspeople who are just moving this along. And I'll just, you know, bow to the allegiance to the state just so me and my family can live a happier life. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's a pretty remarkable scene in it where um, Franz is in a church, um, and there's an artist who's painting scenes in the church that he's been commissioned to paint, um, you know, of Jesus. And and he says something to Franz about how, you know, they want me to paint their comfortable Christ, but someday I'll be able to paint the true Christ. Um, That, you know, the people in the church would rather have these sort of images of Jesus with a halo on his head and like speaking to the children and not the one who calls them to maybe go through a terrible experience and even lose their life, um, you know, because of their loyalty to him instead of to some earthly regime. 
So, as I said, as you came in, uh, the film is playing here in Pittsburgh in one theater. And I've talked to friends in other cities, not living in New York City, but they're about the same. Uh, one theater, it's about three hours long. Um, it's for a lot of people, they, they just can't or won't uh, find the time to go see it. Why, um, why do you think it's in such limited release? Is the, uh, is the film companies thinking, well, there's not much profit in this. We'll just sort of play it and uh, take our losses with it and allow Terrence Malick to continue to produce films? <laughs> it's actually pretty complicated with this film. So it was bought by Fox at Cannes, um, at the Cannes Film Festival, which is a very you know, prominent film festival. They spent quite a lot of money on it. Um, but, you know, it doesn't have any movie stars in it. Uh, the stars are are um, Austrian themselves and um, Fox actually, and this is very complicated. Fox now own, is owned by Disney. Disney is actually demanding um, a quite high fee for theaters who want to play it. Um, so there's a lot of theaters that haven't been able to do that. So that's part of it. And, you know, part of the reason is they have a big movie out that you might've heard of called star Wars <laughs> that they want to put on as many screens as possible because they're trying to make money from it. But additionally, it is true that it is hard to attract an audience to essentially a three hour art film about a martyr. You know, that's just not right, the right. kind of thing that attracts huge audiences. And, Unfortunately, you know, with some movies like that, you might be able to draw in um, like a big church crowd, uh, you know, that's very profitable, get people to buy block tickets. But I think that this movie is a little more provocative than a lot of um, churches are ready maybe to send people to. You know, it's it's pretty critical of the era we live in, um, sort of, you know, sideways through mm-hmm. history. Um, and I think that that's a little bit of a harder sell. So it's it's a movie that, like, for instance, Martin Scorsese's movie Silence a couple years ago, yes. um, you know, they just they have trouble making it work in a theater, even though, you know, Malick and Scorsese are two of the most well-known and longest working and most celebrated American filmmakers because the audience is, you know, is reticent to show up and maybe for good reason. Um, but even in New York, it's only playing in a few theaters, really? and it's kind of surprising just given how important Malik is. So if you hear this conversation and you uh, are a lover of uh, films, movies, I would really encourage you to, to check out A Hidden Life. It's playing uh, locally here at the Galleria. And uh, just one screen only, uh, who knows how long it'll last. I'm surprised it's been around for a couple of weeks. But one screen only, the Galleria. Uh, do yourself a favor and go see A Hidden Life. Alyssa Wilkinson is with us. She's a, a film critic with Vox. Alyssa, before you leave us, uh, sort of the flip side of this, I saw A Hidden Life one day, and then the next day I saw um, Uncut Gem, uh, mm-hmm. uh, which is like totally opposite, the 180, uh, an Adam Sandler movie. And, of course, when you say Adam Sandler, people think, you know, Happy Gilmore and whatnot. But, I mean, as brutal as Uncut Gems is, it's a fascinating movie as well. Give me your take on that. Yeah, I love this movie. It is It's very tense. You know, it's definitely oh one of those movies where you might want to read a review of it before so you go tense. It's, it for you. It's so tense. But it's fantastic. Um, you know, it's funny. I was talking to the the directors of it, and they were like, oh, it's a film about a man who wants to be a righteous man, which I thought was such an interesting <laughs> take on it. It's a very, you know, they say, everyone says it's a very Jewish movie. Um, and, it, uh, yeah, it's about a guy who's kind of always looking for the next big score and sort of trying to make his way through New York's Diamond District. It is the most Adam Sandler movie in some ways, yeah. but without feeling like an Adam Sandler movie. I think he may get an Oscar nomination for it. I have, I have hope. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really good filmmaking, really excellent filmmaking, shot by a real legend. I mean, it's, you know, the filmmakers are quite young. Um, they're about, you know, in their 30s, and they, they have a lot of ways to go, but I think that this film is, is pretty stellar. Oh, it sure is. I mean, as far as East is from the West, A Hidden Life to Uncut Gems, I mean, they couldn't be more different in, <laughs> in style and content, right. but they're both fabulous films. So uh, mm-hmm. if you like movies, this is a good time to go out and uh, see some good films. Alyssa, it's always a great pleasure. Thanks so much. We really appreciate your time here and your insights and, uh, of course, your passion for movies. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Alyssa Wilkinson, she is the film critic at Vox.com. You can look for AlyssaWilkinson.com. If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, download the OnePlace.com app, the app that will inspire your faith daily and provide answers to the biggest questions of all. OnePlace lets you download your favorite pastor's programs and listen even offline or in airplane mode with easy connections to your Bluetooth speaker or dashboard. To download your free OnePlace app, visit the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store for your Android device and search for OnePlace. That's one place. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you this holiday season. So grateful, they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and he guarantees they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free, by calling 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free, plus free shipping. Call 800-391-0954 or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code WORD. You want an insurance provider that lets you customize your coverage so you only pay for what you need try liberty mutual insurance want to hear our new jingle here you go liberty 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 want to hear it again liberty 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 washington county parents you have a choice in your child's education for nearly 40 years central christian academy in houston is where pre-k through eighth grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to become top of the class Learn more at ccaschool.com. Salem has a great reputation throughout the whole country. As a digital marketing strategist with Salem Surround, you'll have the tools to provide media solutions that surround your client's target audience. Now I can really show the clients how their business can grow because now we have something that can really measure it. Plus, we have a great team. It's a nice place to work. Salem Surround, a division of Salem Media Group, an equal opportunity employer. Join the Pittsburgh team at salemsurround.com slash career. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. Hey, here's some breaking news. Uh, I've been following this story. I'm kind of surprised that it just happened so quickly. The United Methodist Church is expected to split following an impasse over a persistent debate 
over same-sex marriage and LGBTQ inclusion. Leaders of the nation's third largest denomination said today that the United Methodist Church will begin allowing same-sex marriage and LGBTQ clergy, while traditionalist Methodists who oppose gay marriage and the ordination of LGBTQ clergy will, will create a separate denomination. This is from uh, today's Washington Post uh, just about an hour or so ago. The plan would need to be approved in May at the church's global conference, according to the paper. Now, the United Methodist Church is the largest mainline Protestant denomination in the United States and the only Protestant denomination that has yet to allow same-sex marriages and the ordination of LGBTQ clergy. Today's announcement comes as sanctions were about to be put into place that would have severely punished Methodist ministers for presiding over same-sex marriages with a year-long ban without pay for the first marriage and then removal from clergy for any subsequent marriages. Today's agreement was facilitated by a mediation expert and reportedly gives $25 million to the traditional denominations that will be formed. The group will include churches in the United States as well as most of the churches in Africa. This is a pretty common thing that's happened in denominations where you take like uh, the PCUSA. They struggled with this forever. And essentially so many churches left the PCUSA. It's become separate denominations as well. I mean, or they just left the, the denomination totally. There's been uh, long protracted fights over real estate and money that has been held in church coffers. It's just a mess. Um, this new denomination with, uh, will drop all claims. The traditionalist Denominations of the Methodists will drop all claims to any assets of the United Methodist Church, but they'll also uh, bring some of their assets with them. So the agreement also earmarked $39 million to ensure there's no disruption in supporting ministries. Churches will need to vote if they want to join the new denomination, but not if they want to remain a part of the United Methodist Church. The uh, remaining United Methodist Churches will then hold a conference to remove the ban on same-sex marriages and ordination of LGBTQ clergy. Well, that's what it is to be a believer in uh, 21st century America, isn't it? I mean, this is where we are. It's shocking to think that uh, this issue, LGBTQ same-sex marriages, so quickly, I mean, holy smokes, less than a decade, I mean, probably almost less than five years, it has caused ripples certainly in society, but more so among Christians, conservative Christians who want to hold the line. And, of course, um, newer, liberal, mainstream um, believers who are separating from the mother church. But uh, it's interesting that the Methodists are, you know, sort of we're the traditionalists and then we're the LGBTQ. It's so hard to be a believer anymore, isn't it? I mean, you've got to sort of check all the boxes and I'm aligned with this group to make sure that heaven help us, truly heaven help us, come to Jesus. And uh, we need him more than ever. Uh, consider the state of the world. Well, look, wherever you are this weekend, whatever is in your life, I hope you bend a knee. You get down on your knees and uh, praise the Lord and Savior of this universe, Jesus Christ, who loves you and wants to be part of your life. Hey, thanks for being with us as always. Check us out online, wordfm.com. We've got lots going on there. We'll see you Monday, God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.